0: One, two, three, 4. Hey y'all! This is Seba, the Southern Fried Witch. And I have company in the podcast room today. Hold on, let me see if I can get her to talk. Chick, 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 chick. She doesn't seem to want to talk. Well, we got down to 10 degrees, y'all. And that is just not sustainable for what I have on my farm. I have tiny little bunnies and I have tiny little chickens. And uh, yeah, they can't make it in that. I took a lot of shit and Shinola about bringing them in the house, and I get it. Most people are used to chickens staying outside, and they usually can handle... (laughs) She's grumbling. Pretty low temperatures, but I have tropical chickens, and they're like eight ounces, so no. And this particular little love is a Bantone Cochin, and she was the only one who survived... The rat snake debacle of last year and that one litter or brood or whatever that would be called. And so she hasn't been acclimated to the others yet. I need to get that done. And I wasn't going to leave one tiny chicken out there. So my podcast got overrun with bunny rabbits and they're very sweet bunny rabbits and uh, one chicken. And then the back room ended up with three coops all together of Saramas and Tiny Bantams And they are still not out of my house Four days later But they will be by tomorrow We're going from a low of 10 To a low of 59 In the span of five days And that is the insane roller coaster That is Alabama weather But now that the weather has recuperated They are leaving the building And after I wait the requisite amount of time And that means New Year's Day So is Christmas (laughs) and everything that has to do with it. I think for us matriarchs, it's a little hard sometimes. I mean, I do enjoy it. And there are moments that just are heartbreakingly beautiful. I'm also really, really thankful that I'm entrusted with the memories and the traditions of these boys, of these grown-ass men, actually. And um, my grandbaby, I feel very... Honored and blessed that I get to be that. However, (laughs) I am tired. I'm tired from cooking. I'm tired from, um, just, you know, holidaying my little happy ass off. Not so little anymore. So let me tell you what I usually do in January. All right, witches, let's cuddle up together. Come on now. Let's get in really cozy. January is when I get rid of shit. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, everybody else around me may be talking about what they want to bring into their lives. <laughs> and uh, isn't that sweet. And um, what they want to change about their lives. I think they call them resolutions. That's not me. Unlike everyone I've ever known, spring cleaning does not happen in the spring. I'm too busy, y'all. I'm out there making tomato plants and seeding green beans. I don't have time for that in the spring. Any spring cleaning, if you want to call it that, is going to occur in January. It was for multiple reasons. First of all, I've been way too busy. I mean, it all begins, we all know this was sawing. And then there's that crazy ride. There's a turkey somewhere in the middle of that. And then, boom, the explosion of gift wrapping on the floor. And there was literally no time at all for us to do anything else. <laughs> Just get through and it was a lot of fun. Again, it was even magical at moments, but it's over. It literally feels like, to me, like sliding down a cliff afterward. And with daylight coming back at roughly a minute a day, give or take, I need to make more space in my life. I do my witch cleaning at this time of the year. Now, you know, like I said, I've got to put up my tree first and all those ornaments I've got 30 years of ornaments from my babies, and all of them have to be rewrapped and put back away, and we're going to have a big bonfire with this tree that's in the living room. Of course, I say every year I'm not going to spend too much money, and of course I did, and so (laughs) now it's back down to grilled cheese, if y'all understand what I'm saying. But this is the time of year after all that's put up, and the last little needle from that tree has been vacuumed off that rug. Now it's time for me to do a real deep cleaning, and I'll tell you exactly what I mean. But wait, let me just stop right here and thank my sweet baby Hacks and Wolf, Shannon, who did a podcast for me last week so I could have my first break in a year. Thank you, darling. You are one of the things I have no intention of getting rid of. But in January, that is when I go deep into my closets and my drawers and also, you know, the recesses of my memory. And that is when I'm going to do it. By the way, sentimentality is one thing. And not being able to let go, like literally not being able to, is a whole other situation. Let me tell you all a quick story. So my partner built me this beautiful cabinet many, many years ago. It's literally floor to ceiling, and it has, you know, lots of levels and different heights, and it was perfect for my witch apothecary. Honestly, too perfect. (laughs) I prided myself very much in building my witch apothecary. It had everything, and I grew most of it myself. It had cleaned and dried eggshells, And I don't know if y'all know how wonderful eggshells can be for a spell, but they are. It had everything from lemon balm to wormswood to mugwort, all just beautifully dried and ground and put away in huge jars, different kinds of wood and small usable pieces, ash from multiple different events that I needed, I thought. Stones of every kind, I know, we get weak there. There's not much we can do about that one. And so I filled it all the way to the brim. And life went on. And like any busy witch, I forgot to go back in there. Perhaps I'd already made all of my whorehound lozenges for the winter. Mayhap I didn't need that much uh, wormwood. So there wasn't use for how much I put away. And as a farmer witch, I'm already busy, you know, canning and preserving and all of that. So this cabinet (laughs) continued to hold all of these wonderful things and for years it held it. That's the problem. Just like any magical thing, if it remains stagnant for too long, it loses those properties. Or at the very least, they become dimmed. What's funny is, the way our climate usually is, not this year and climate change is having its way with us, but the way it usually is, I have enough outside that I can utilize fresh. Very little needed to be dried and certainly not that much. But because I had gone to so much work building this thing, I mean, it really is a dream (laughs) I've shown, you know, students in the past or a young witch, this wonderful, I guess, closet of mystery that, you know, some of these things now that are sitting in there are five, six years old. Yeah, if I were going to do a spell or make a poultice or create a healing tea, I wouldn't want to do it with something just a little bit more fresh than that. And so I don't know, roughly 80 jars are about to be composted. I'm going to dust it out and I'm going to get a little bit more thoughtful about what I really need in my apothecary, considering my zone and my climate and my use of these things, honey. I think we clutter our lives with so many tools and glitter, you know, things that we don't really need. I mean, they're fun, but at some point I'd cluttered my magical life way past any real use. You know, without thinking about how it was going to clog up the system. And so this year, my intent is to get back to a more magical, simpler, I suppose, kind of life. Less bells and whistles, more, um, meat and bones. (laughs) Y'all, I've seen a lot about self-care. And I think we all know by now that self-care is not just spa days. Self-care is also knowing what our limits are, and knowing what gets in the way, buzzes down what you need to hear, blurs the lines that we actually want to see. And one of the things I've been doing is working harder and harder and with more and more intent on creating a magical podcast that matters to people. And while I was doing that work, I saw how necessary it was for me to quit one of my jobs, which I am working on. Planning on doing it very soon, actually, because I don't think unless I have the intent and the chutzpah to focus on what my real dream is, it won't come true. And I have too many things cluttering my days to make too little. This is going to become where I thrive. This is my grand opus. This is where I want to land here in writing a book. But I had to clear out a lot of clutter to get here. And, of course, this makes a lot more sense to me anyway. I don't know how long it's been since I've admitted on the podcast that I'm agoraphobic. And I don't mean in that way where we just don't like people. I mean, actually, agoraphobic. (laughs) Um, It manifested once when I was very young. I believe I was 12 years old one summer. And I would just panic when the other children came to the door and wanted me to come out. It tends to manifest any time I go through any kind of serious trauma, it's not quite as bad as Sigourney Weaver. What was that movie? What was that movie she was in with Harry Connick Jr.? Anyway, she couldn't leave at all or the room would spin. It's not quite that way. And there have to be a lot of things in place for me to be able to do that and to go to a safe place so podcasting works out for me quite well. <laughs> that way I can have my farm and my little country house. But I had to make a lot of choices and I had to clean up a lot of things to get to where I am. One of those things, of course, was um, cleaving from a lot of friendships. And While I don't want to spend a lot of time giving away personal details because it's just not fair, even to them, I did want to speak briefly to the junk we fill our lives with when it comes to, I guess, junk relationships. I think we already know about toxic relationships, right? There's been enough done. And I do think that word toxic has been thrown around a little too much where it doesn't really have the same meaning anymore. And toxic relationships, sometimes you need help to get out of them. Junk relationships, on the other hand, Those can busy your life up and clutter your vision and keep you from spending the time you need to spend with yourself, your projects, and, you know, your family and your loved ones. And the way I look at junk relationships is a lot like how I looked at my apothecary that had gotten out of control. Those things were of really no use to me at all anymore. I had too many of them. They had dust on it. They were just taking up all this space in my life. But it's very hard for some of us. I know it's a specifically Southern thing, too. But I think it's just very hard for any of us that come from trauma to, well, to say no. And if you remember to hold boundaries, that's very difficult. But you know, with junk relationships, what I've found is that it's honestly me not holding the boundary for me. You see, I don't think that there's a finite amount of energy in the world. Of course, there's not. It's regenerative. It's always there. I do believe I have a certain level of energy that I can give into the world on a day-to-day basis. And some folks in the world just bleed you dry. It's just their job. (laughs) You know, they can't even help it. And I will try to train those people to let me have my time. But at the end of the day, it was quite a revelation as I near 60 that I don't have to ask them to let me do anything. There's so much power in getting old, y'all. Wouldn't it just be wondrous to have all that and be young? Probably level the world, so that may not be a good idea. But telling myself that I refuse guilt if I can't make it to a dinner that I refuse guilt if I tell someone I'm on the phone with too long and my duties are piling up. And also I've hit that saturation point where I really need to have some time alone. I refuse to feel guilt if I tell them outright, well, I need to hang up now and then they don't let me hang up. What I do is I say, well, I'll talk to you later then. And I just turn off the phone. if that hurts their feelings, maybe they need to be paying more attention. It's always seemed to me that a toxic relationship already has all that fire to it. Somewhere in there, you are enveloped and committed if it is continued for so long, which makes it so much harder to kill, right? To just walk away and cut the whole thing. But a junk relationship is one that you've fallen into. (laughs) And it doesn't really bring you a whole lot of pleasure. At the same time, they really haven't done anything wrong. You just don't have time for it, or space for it, or energy for it. And it's cluttering up your magical life. It's cluttering up your day. I've tried to tell people, but I don't think they believe me. There's only two people I talk to on the phone regularly. I love the telephone. I'm of a generation that doesn't like to text. I love the telephone, but I only talk to two people on a regular basis. And I'm sure that's not regular enough for them but it's all I've got to give. And I'm very clear about that. And that's because they bring something to my life. I mean, We need to stop lying about why we're friends with people. You can be selfish about this a little bit. If they're bringing something to my life, then I will give something to them and hope that I bring something to theirs. If they're bringing absolutely nothing to my life, well, I'd rather be digging a hole in the yard or making a mud pie. I just don't do it anymore. There's no time for it. At least, not when there are other wonderful, crafty things for me to be doing with the time I have left on the planet. So, I do get rid of them. I'm not rude, if I can help it. And it's not rude to say I don't have time right now for anyone. That's a lie that we tell ourselves or that society tells us we can say no to anything, quite honestly. I used to have so many close friends, people all over, coming over all the time. People I had to go see all the time. People I had to speak to on the phone almost every day. Or, you know, I thought I had to. I have slimmed down that whole number. I may have two actual people in my life that I share things with on a regular basis, other than (laughs) y'all, other than y'all, but you don't have my phone number (laughs) and it's more peaceful. I have more time with my children, my husband, but you know, here's the important thing. Myself. I don't know how many of you out there were taught, literally taught not to care about yourself or your wants or needs. I was. Growing up, I was taught that that was selfish and I was not allowed to think that way. And uh, it's bullshit. It really is. If I don't put myself first in most situations, and when I say most situations, I mean my daily life, I can't take care of anybody else who's depending on me. I know that sounds like a brain twister, but that really is the case. So this year, every year I have a thing I'm going to do. I think I've told y'all that in the past. This year. I am focusing, I've already got my friendship right, but I'm focusing on my magical energy. Honing my craft without the bells and whistles. I've spent so much time in my life with those bells and whistles. And by that, I mean, you know, oh my goodness, athames, wands, pretty crystals, incense burners, pendulums. You guys know what I'm talking about. The bells and whistles. And they are sometimes necessary. They're all the time wonderful. But I wanted, I guess, a detox for my magic. It's that same feeling I get when even though I love Christmas, when I go in there and I take down that Christmas tree and I put everything back in the box and I vacuum the floor real good. I know you know what I'm saying. That freedom from all that clutter, that simplification, it's the same premise for me. I want that. I need that. And for me, it always goes back, as Byron Ballard clearly put it in our interview back to the land. For me, it goes back to nature. And so I'm not getting rid of all the bells and whistles, but I'm neatly packing a lot of them up, keeping out my favorite, favorite things, which are more basic in nature, honestly. Deck of tarot cards, the crystal that stays in my window a simple working knife that fits in the palm of my hand that I also use in the garden, and a witch's journal. In this year, I plan to spend a lot more time with the creatures of the woods, and that means living and on the different planes of existence. I plan on journaling a lot more. I plan on meditating a lot more, going on more walks. I'm just going to burn all the fluff and crap and soot off of me until there's something left that I can feel. I guess I want to purify and intensify and condense my magic in a lived experience that is not dependent on hardly anything other than my breathing. I don't know if y'all have heard about great mysteries. Uh, There are a lot of, um, teachers out there of the craft that will talk to you about great mysteries but i think this might be one um here in my cronehood haghood whatever i'm becoming it's just very akin to going out into the woods and spending that time with like a survivalist might do with very few things you know and and getting down to the meat getting down to the bone of who we are and why we're here so there's going to be a lot of simplification of my magic this year You know, I've always said that you have to know the rules in order to know how to break them. Well, a lot of people have said that. I didn't invent that. (laughs) But it's one of my mantras. I teach my students that, both in the academy and in the witchcraft world. And I think I'm going to spend a year breaking all the rules. And I think I'm okay with that. You know, there was this other thing I used to teach uh, my students at university. I lived in, of course, where I live now. And the Bible Belt, y'all. And that meant that a large portion of my class was indeed Bible-thumping Republican White. It's a very specific kind of animal. Bless them. And they would get presented with something, you know, like the Quran. I would teach part of the Old Testament up against the Quran, and I would take out identifiers and have them try to tell me which was which. <laughs> and they couldn't. Isn't that fun? Or I would teach a text that had some homoerotic um, overlay or implication, and my students would get upset with me, and I would say, whoa, 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 just stop, listen to me. If you are right, if your opinion and your ideology and your mama and your people and your minister all were right, then considering this will not shake your ground. It's just to consider it. There's nothing wrong with considering something. And as long as where you were was solid, it won't crack. It'll stay. It's called adventuring, y'all. And they would kind of look at the situation and go, okay, all right, I'll consider it. You know, and I wasn't able to completely um, shatter some of those ideologies, but I was able to kind of infuse some of their belief systems with uh, the gray area. And I hope that mattered to them. I really do. But this is the year that I plan to go off-road. I plan to say yes to experiences I haven't said before. I plan to sort of (laughs) hypothetically go nude on this situation. (laughs) Be naked in it. Because I really do think there's more I can learn. And one of the worst things I can imagine a witch would do is stop learning. You know, we've talked about dogma before. Well, I'm going to go test the waters because I worry that my anti-dogma has become too dogma. (laughs) Too dogmatic. I get I'm a paradox. I understand I'm also eccentric. It's fine. If y'all don't get what I'm saying, y'all don't get what I'm saying. But I'm in the last years of my 50s and I want to explore more. There are so many things I haven't done. But it's not just things like going to Italy. I can't afford that. Or eating my way through the south of France. And honey, if y'all knew what a foodie I was. mm, mm. But I can't afford that. I'm talking about changing my lived experience from where I stand. What have I not noticed? What happens when I shed all of these bells and whistles? What happens if I get a hammock and put it in my little woods and sleep out there one night? I've not done that. How stupid am I? I haven't. Well, I'm not stupid, but I'd say I've wasted an opportunity. There are mushrooms I haven't grown yet. And y'all should know by now I grow mushrooms and a lot of them. And there are mushrooms I haven't tried. And I think it's about time. (laughs) Ooh, that's a scary one. (laughs) I really am in this place. I've had letters that write in and say, you know, Give me spells. Talk to me about the exact spells. Well, I could do that, honey. I've got all kinds of them written up. I may have over 400 spells written up. Most of them quite effective. Putting together this herb with this mineral and this candle and saying this chant. I've done it. I've done it all. I want to know what happens when I'm stripped of all of it. I want to see magic in its uh, feral form. And I want to be feral as much as I can be. Or at least I would like to have feral, raw, wild moments brought into my life. So, that is what I intend to do. Y'all know I have done this on a micro level for so long now as a farmer. It's it's tiny. But every year, I'll pick out some varietal that I've never tried before. We've gone through African horn melons and bitter melons. We've tried the strangest little pumpkins. We've tried a lot of things. A lot of it failed and some of it went really well and I just wanted the experience, you know. So every year we would do, here's our green beans, here's our standard Seminole pumpkins we're going to grow, here's our tomatoes, cucumbers, whatever, but I always go rogue on one or two. Here's the fun thing. I'm not going to do that this year. I'm going to focus on beans, pumpkins, sweet potatoes, tomatoes, cucumbers, and herbs. And we're going to just, you know, of course, with garlic and onion, be done. Because I have another plan. I want to see what about me can be new. I have no idea. I'm so stuck in a rut. I have no idea. And let me tell y'all something. Your witchcraft. It cannot breathe in a rut. If you've been doing the same damn thing over and over, you're learning nothing new, and I'm telling you, the sacred must move. It cannot be held. The second you hold it, it's just a stone or a statue or a Bible. <laughs> we all know how much good that does us. And since I can't really travel and don't have a lot of money, I'm going to be doing this exploration right here on my little micro farm. What I've decided is I'm going to come up with a new experience for myself at least once a month. That's 12 new experiences by next year. I'm going to write 12 rituals or spells that are bushcrafty in nature. So what if I had nothing (laughs) but was in the woods? That's going to be the nature of that. I may publish that. That might be fun. And at the end of it, well, this is going to be relevant in a second. Y'all hold on. You know the way I tell a story. At the end of it, I plan to get a tattoo. Now, I have wanted a tattoo. I've got five. I have the painful one with a bad memory. I have the one that meant my freedom and revolution. I have one that marks a passing of a child. I have the five. I've always wanted one that was something different, something that represented my life as a hack, which in the last one I got, I think I was like 42, 43, somewhere in there. And since I do have a little bit of a heart problem, we're all worried I'm eventually gonna have to go on blood thinner. Now I hope I'm not. We I'm working with that organically, but if I have to, I have to. I need to go ahead and get that tattoo. So at the end of this year. I will know what that tattoo is. Sounds like fun, huh? In my mind's eye, it's a vine. It's a muscadon vine. But see, I don't necessarily want to stick with that. I want it to be able to grow. I don't want to hold it in place. <laughs> I want it to be sacred. So we'll see what goes on it. We'll see if it changes at all. And I'm going to record this new thing I'm doing this year. Because I think I'm worth it. I think I'm worth investing my time. And it may mean that some folks, not this podcast, because I'm, I guess, doubling down on my time I spend over here. But it does mean that other situations and other folks are going to get less attention. This year, this one is the one I go exploring into who I am. I'll keep y'all posted. I've got a short list on things I want to try. I think I've hinted at one. Well, there's all kinds of them. I don't know how to pack or smoke a pop. I get it. That's not good for me. Y'all hush. Shut your mouth. Let me do what I want. I've got a 13-year-old chicken outside, and everybody tells me she's obese. And I'm like, she's 13 damn years old. Do you know of another chicken? She can get fat if she wants to. So I don't want to hear that. So I'm going to learn how to smoke a pop. I want to learn how to sew something. You know, my, my grandma, she was a, a seamstress. She could make anything at all. I don't know if it's crochet or knitting or whatever, but I want to do that. I have a very discerning eye when I tell artists what I want to see. They don't ever understand. So, um, you know, I've tried to hire people to draw my trees and nobody gets what I'm asking for. So I'm going to learn how to paint. <laughs> and it may be, you know, macaroni art. But I'm going to learn how to paint and have that experience. And my dear Christopher is a patron has sent me so many watercolors and things to, I guess, open my mind about, well, he suggested that I uh, use them in a spell, you know, actually learning as witchcraft. And I think that that's a brilliant idea. So that's on the list. Of course, it all culminates in a tattoo, I also want to finish my book. It's a very fun book, and we do have a publisher, and I just have been not paying attention. I need to get back in and dig on that. I haven't been camping since 1995 because of something that happened to me in the woods, and I intend to do it. I'm going to go camping, not glamping, camping. And I'm planning on doing a little foreshadowing of that in my own woods. By myself, I'm not going to let my partner come out there and mess with me. And all my bells and whistles will be locked firmly away. So we'll see. We'll see what happens when I'm stripped down. I guess in a lot of ways it's the witch's detox, isn't it? <laughs> I plan on saying yes to a lot of new things and no to almost everything that would get in my way. I reckon I'm gonna piss off a lot of folks <laughs> in that. But that's okay. Sometimes you have to piss off folks when you're finding yourself. And believe me. Even if you think you know who you are, you could always learn something new. Oh, one last thing. I also don't, this is silly and it's not necessarily magical, but it's important. I also don't know how to use tools. I don't know how to use a drill or skill saw or any of that nonsense. And I'm going to learn. So that's on the list. Oh, and I've cooked my way. I'm, I'm a real foodie. I've cooked my way around the globe, but there is one place I have not played with. And that's Caribbean, so I'm about to head into that territory. too. Anyway, that's what I'm doing for the year. What are y'all doing? I highly encourage you to read books, but I also highly encourage to write your own story. If you're not getting what you need, find it within yourself. Or at least go looking for it with a really strong flashlight. All right, that's enough for today. I need to do some shout-outs. So thank you to Aaron, Allison, and Sheila. The Patreon family is the way that we stay on the air, and it matters so much. Thank you for becoming part of the SFW family. Love y'all like chicken. Blessed be. Talk to y'all next week. Y'all have been listening to the Southern Fried Witch Podcast. Come back around next week for a little bit more magic from the Deep South.